KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. We are the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. So good to be with you today. It's time now for our moment on the lighter side here on the program. And this afternoon, we welcome back uh, doctor, scholar, leader of the Reformation, Martin Luther. Now, Luther, last week you began giving us a sample of your latest book, The Sermon on Gospel of John. Good afternoon, and uh, we're going to talk more about that. Well, you know, Gary, it's hardly a latest book. <laughs> I actually wrote it some 500 years ago, but it is a perennial favorite and available for purchase at Concordia Publishing House. Just ask for Luther's Works, Volume 24. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot you were trying to get your writings back on the bestseller list. Well, you know, if Hillary Rodham Clinton can do it, why can't I? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I'm not sure about that, Luther. Modern tastes have changed from your time. Nowadays, people seem to prefer the writings of uh, controversial figures. Well, if controversial is what they want, they ought to read all my works. Why, why, my writings were so controversial, they were the tinder of choice at all the local book burnings. Not only did they burn my books, but they threatened to burn me as well. You can't beat me if you're looking for controversy. That's a really good point, Luther. We forget that your teaching did and still does challenge the typical thinking of the day. Let's begin where we left off with your sermon on John 15. Last week you pointed out, like Adam and Eve, we have basically one commandment. Right, right. For them it was, thou shalt not eat of the forbidden fruit. And for us it is, thou shalt love one another. And you pointed out, just like Adam and Eve, we have broken the one commandment God has given us. They ate the fruit, we failed to love in thought, word, and deed. And this week you said you would tell us uh, the surprising thing God does for people who don't keep his commandments. Yes, our God does three things for those who do not keep his commandments. Isn't that remarkable? And these three things inevitably help us keep that commandment to love one another. Okay, where do you want to start this afternoon, Luther? Well, let's start with the commandment itself, as found in John chapter 15 at verse 17. Okay, John 15, 17. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Now, let's do things a little differently today, Gary. Uh, let's turn the Bible upside down, as it were. Let's work backwards through the text rather than the usual forwards. So you read verse 17. If you'll now read verse 16. Okay, upside down is going to be pretty hard. Can I read backwards? <laughs> no, no. no. I, yeah, just backwards. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't mean to confuse you. Gary. <laughs> I'm trying to read backwards and upside down. So John 15, 16, right? Uh, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now, one of the surprising things God does for people who do not obey his commandments is he chooses them. Wait a second. I thought God only chooses the good guys. This is one of my controversial teachings that challenges the typical thinking of the day. Well, actually, it's not my teaching, but the clear teaching of Scripture. In the Bible, God chooses whoever he wants, regardless of how they may seem to us. Indeed, think about it. Many of those he chose were not good. Uh, people like David, the Apostle Paul, well, and even our mutual friend, St. Peter, all chosen by God and all, I'm afraid, not as good as they thought. <laughs> 
okay, I, I realize that all these men were sinners, but didn't they do one good thing? Didn't they repent of their sin and choose to follow Jesus? Again, that is the typical thought. But the Bible passage you read clearly says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Nobody chooses Jesus because he's the one that does the choosing. You know, it always amazes me how so many so-called Christians can ignore this very simple and plain teaching. Oh, there are indeed many who claim Christianity is about our choice. Oh, they may use other words. Um, they may say we must make a, a decision for Jesus, or we should turn our life over to God, or we ought to dedicate ourselves to the Lord. But whatever term you use, however you may put it, it all amounts to our choosing. But Jesus unmistakably says he does the choosing. Luther, I, I realize that the idea of choosing Jesus is fairly popular teaching in some Christian circles, but is there any real harm in that? <laughs> what? Any harm? Any harm? Well, well, of course there is harm anytime you depart from the clear word of our Lord. My experience is that one of two things happen amongst people who think Christianity is all about their choice. What two things are you talking about? Well, it seems to me people who think it's their choice inevitably make the wrong choice. Why, why this weekend, there will be many who think going to church is a choice they make, and many of them will choose not to go. Oh, I think a perfect example of this is found in these so-called pro-choice organizations you find in your country. Now you've lost me there, Luther. Uh, what does the pro-choice stance have to do with our discussion here? Well, have you ever noticed these, uh, quote, pro-choice organizations seldom are supportive of making the positive choice, the choice in favor of life? Do you find them soliciting donations to support adoption agencies or, or orphanages or, or facilities that will care for the mother during and after her pregnancy? No, no, they're all about supporting institutions that favor the negative choice, the, the choice of death. They don't foster a world where where people can freely make a choice, they only support the choice they favor. You know, I, I've never really thought about that in that way. They don't really offer people choices, but only a negative choice. I suggest that's always the way it is for those who make life about our choices. Or we may choose, but sooner or later we always end up choosing the wrong thing. If you think about it, Gary, in the one commandment God gave Adam and Eve— he was simply telling them how they could live forever in the joy of paradise. It was the devil who made that loving word of God a choice. Luther, I appreciate your point, but I do think you've gone too far. Well, you know, that's what makes for controversy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, are you saying that those who emphasize choice never do what is right? <sighs> well... I'm sorry if I painted with too broad a brush. Obviously, there are Christians who think religion is a matter of choice, who will do good things, but I believe there, there's still a greater danger there. And what might that be? Well, take the Pharisees, please. <laughs> little joke there. <laughs> yeah, a little joke. <laughs> yeah, all right. They, they thought religion was about their choice. In fact, they chose to do even more than an ordinary believer would do. They chose to fast more, to sacrifice more, to give more in their tithes. And there's something wrong with that? <laughs> well, there's something wrong is that they did these good things, but not for the right reason. 
Take tithing, for example. It was never intended just to be some religious ritual. It was intended to fulfill the one commandment that has been given to us. It was intended to be an act of love. How is tithing an act of love? Well, as it was then, so it should be now. We give to the church not just to fulfill our religious duty, but out of love for God, for the benefits he has blessed us with, out of love for the pastors and other church leaders our gifts support, and out of love for the poor who are cared for by our offerings. I think I see what your point is. The Bible says the Pharisees gave offerings to impress people, but these same Pharisees then turned around and devoured widows' houses and neglected their own parents. That's it, my good man. It is the right thing to do to give a tithe, but they did it for all the wrong reasons. They gave their tithes not out of love for people, but, but actually out of love for themselves. They made their great offerings so everyone could see what a good choice they had made. But surely you're not saying this is true of all Christians who believe it's about their choice. Perhaps it's not true of all of them. Uh, there is what we call a blessed inconsistency. Um, people may talk about their decision for Jesus, but in their hearts they hold fast to the promise he has chosen them. But I would still argue if a man truly believes religion is about his choice, inevitably he will either make the wrong choice or make the right choice in self-righteousness. Uh, perhaps it would help if we compare ourselves one more time to Adam and Eve. What do Adam and Eve have to do about the issue of choice? Well, obviously their story is not about their choice, but God's choice. You know, they didn't choose to be created, but God chose them. He created Adam from the dust and breathed his own spirit into him. He then took a rib from Adam and formed it into Eve. He put them in the garden and gave them all the trees from which they could free to eat. You see, all of this was about God's choice, not theirs. But they did have a choice. They could choose whether or not to keep God's one commandment. Although, as I said earlier, God just gave them a command. It was the devil, wasn't it, Gary, who made it a choice. And so the story proves my point. Having been given a choice, they made the wrong choice. Now, now remember, Adam and Eve did this while having a free will. Do you think we can do any better, we who have been born into sin and iniquity? I can see what you mean. It, if it's about choice, we don't have much hope, do we? Gary, as Jesus says, it's not about our choice. It's his choice. And the remarkable thing is that God sticks by his choice even though Adam and Eve made the wrong choice. Remember what God said to the old serpent there? I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Don't you see? Adam and Eve had chosen to follow the devil. But God will have none of it. God had chosen them. And God will put enmity between the devil and his people. But doesn't God punish Adam and Eve for their choice? I mean, for a guy who supposedly is sticking by his choice, he's pretty hard on them. He's driving them out of the garden. Oh, well, please understand, Mr. Duncan, when you break God's commandments, there are always consequences. Your choice to not love your brother will result in anger, hatred, and a guilty conscience. But what I'm saying is it does not change God's choice. Even as he drove them out of the garden, he, he still showed his choice for them, uh, clothing them with animal skins to, to protect them in their days in the cold, cruel world. 
which was a lot better than the choice they made to clothe themselves with fig leaves. <laughs> well, you know, maybe not such a bad choice a few months ago, but not so good with winter coming on. You're right. That's true. <laughs> of course, the greatest affirmation of his choice is what he said in the last half of the verse you read. The business about the offspring of Eve? Yes. God's promise was that even though Adam and Eve had made the bad choice, he made the choice of sending one who would undo their evil by crushing the head of the devil. And this one is none other than Jesus Christ who commands us to love one another. Now you're getting it, Mr. Duncan. And the more we come to understand that Jesus chooses us, the more we will begin to fulfill that commandment of love. Although, to that end, there are other things we need to know as well. Uh, but that will be the subject of our discussion uh, next week. Oh, okay, thanks. We look forward to continuing the conversation next Monday afternoon as we hear the second surprising thing God does for those who breaks his commandments. So that in the end, they may keep his commandment. Until next week, Gary. Yeah, I look forward to talking to you next week. We are the messenger of good news worldwide, KFUO.org, AM 850 in the St. Louis region.